0: Season five, episode thirty-one of the Decoded podcast. How are you, Chris?
1: I'm well. I am well.
0: You're well rested.
1: Yes, I'm. I'm well. No, oh, yeah, not well rested. Well, you know what? I guess part of that is it's. It would be. So here's. I guess the way what that makes me think of. Like, do you have? I don't have a sense of. I don't have a sense uh actually I got to do this a different way. I hear people say they need to catch up on their sleep. Mm-hmm. I I've, I've heard that. I heard people say stuff like that. Um I hear people say a lot of things that I just kind of go, yeah, that's not me. Like that's not that's not I don't see the world that way. Like I don't think to myself if I don't sleep if I don't sleep well on a Wednesday, as long as I can get that extra hour, then I'll be okay on Thursday. Almost <laughs> <I'm a> on <seven laughs> Tuesday. But I don't think that's how the weeks work. Um So, yeah, so I don't, I don't have that sense. And so, you know, being well rested, it's kind of one of those, I guess I would measure that singularly by how the day, by outcomes, like, do I have enough energy to make it through the day? I don't know if we ever have that sort of sense when we wake up in the morning. Do I have enough? Do I have enough to make it through my day? Did I get enough? Did I load up enough? Dude, I
0: I get that sometimes. What do you mean? I wake up and I'm like, I'm screwed today.
1: Mm-hmm. So you say you don't have enough to make it through the day?
0: I already know I won't. But then you do? Uh, well, I'm like a zombie. But you make I mean, it through the day. I get through the day because I don't have a choice. Like I don't say at lunch, okay, I'm done for the day. I got to go home and sleep.
1: So and this is what makes this fascinating to me because I, I'm imagining that some people do. I'm some, imagining that some some, some
0: abandon their work and go. Well, yeah, I guess they see, could.
1: You know, you see, right? Let's work this through. So, this teachers is, can't. Cool.
0: Well, teachers. <laughs> <depend. They don't laughs> listen. And then we kind of go.
1: Well.
0: Here's the thing. Okay. I I if I have a rough night. Mm-hmm. I've done this enough times now in my forty five years on this earth, that I know. Congratulations,
1: by the way. Congratulations. I know
0: it's a miracle that I was even. It is. created, right? According are we, are to Gary V, it's, it's a it's a miracle. I should just be happy I'm alive. Okay. Um, but there are days where I will get up to go to the shower, and I'm like, I'm screwed today. If I I feel, I know I was tossing and turning all night, I did uh-huh. not get a good night's rest. I'm in trouble now. With my current job, I get to move like I'm not trapped in uh, inside of four walls. So. Uh-huh. When I'm driving from place to place, the windows are open. I can get, I can stop somewhere and get a drink to amp me up. Mm -hmm. I can do stuff. But when I was in the classroom, there were days I'd be sitting like by 930 in the morning, I'm sitting at the U table with kids and I'm dying. I'm literally like, I'm I'm like, I got to get up and move. I got to open the windows. It's funny that you say that because there are some, and then other days I wake up and I'm like, bring it on. I'm just so ready for the day. I'm mm-hmm. wide awake. And I don't drink coffee. I'm not a coffee guy. Like, I don't. People look at me, they're like, you don't drink coffee? How do you make it through a day? So that I now infer that there are people who use that stimulant to keep them rolling all day long. Anyway, that's my take on it. So I do actually experience that. I, I, there are days where I'm like, I'm in big, I'm in big trouble today.
1: It's interesting to me because, yeah, I've had, I, um because part of it i mean I, I i this is a this is a thing people say right like i've caught up on my sleep shoo so you know somehow suggesting that catching up on sleep is the secret sauce now i can go now i actually have enough in the tank cuz you know it's it it's it, it just it's kind of mind blowing to me like i don't it's not my my life the way i manage my energy in my day is not like I not like car maintenance for me. I don't have a I don't have a formulaic cause and effect relationship with how I navigate my day, and so I'm always fascinated when someone makes that declaration. This could not this I mean making the declaration about the how the day will unfold can be you know it can be like one version of that could be like. I'm I I okay. I'll use the I'll use the um. I'll use the the, the sort of the prompt as. I knew today was going to be a bad day when.
0: Oh, okay. Well, that's so. I'm not going
1: to. I know it's a different version. I just want to use that as a starter. Just okay, because as as I'm not today.
0: saying bad day. I'm saying I'm going to be asleep by ten a.m. if I'm not stimulated. I'm not okay, saying so bad day. Bad day. I'm saying I wake up and I know I'm going to be exhausted. Because yep. I did and, not get enough sleep, and I'm behind on my sleep. I'm not and, saying bad day, good day,
1: and and um one version, one version is just the awareness, acknowledging. Okay, I think it's I think it's the same thing. Um, do you I really don't, know? Because I've do, had
0: good days where I've been exhausted.
1: So part of it is just accepting the fact that exhaustion is just one possible state of being. Agreed. Like that's kind of what you're, you're identifying the being exhausted. Doesn't necessarily mean that your day is going to be bad. For me, it doesn't. Yeah. You're just noting that it's, it's going to be part of your identity for the day. So Um, the ones that I'm more fascinated by though, are the ones that people declare an outcome, not a current observing themselves. They're declaring an outcome. Today's (laughs) going to be bad because this thing's going to happen because, um, I'm going to feel this because, um, and it's a little bit about the uh, you know i i've i've called it catastrophic thinking like it's that catastrophic thing and i know i get it there's a lot of things that can kind of put us in that learned history about ourselves our understanding of the environments that we move through like i get that there's a there are things that those statements make it more i guess plausible but i'm i kind of focus on the possible right like there's Like Maybe you believe something could happen because you remember in the past you've had a bad sleep and this happens.
0: But yes. But dude, you can't... I don't think... I don't know if this ever happened to you, but when I had newborns and I was up, I don't know how many hours in the night doing my part, then the next day I got to go to school and deal with 25, six-year-olds for the day. And I'm not fully... Now that I look back, I'm not fully functional because I'm exhausted. So my brain's like wanting to sleep. Bad things do happen because you're not, things slip because you're not all there. So I'm not saying I went to work saying, oh, this is going to be, this is going to be a really bad day. I have gone to work saying, oh man, I got to do everything I can to stay awake during this day. And I can't wait to get home. So I can just lay there and not be responsible for a group of kids and like whatever. Mm -hmm. But I agree with you that saying at six in the morning, this is going to be a bad day. I'm not a fan of that for sure. Uh, But I am saying things, it's proven that your performance levels drop and your awareness drops when you're exhausted. So you could have a problem driving to work because you're not all there. Like things can happen, people's moods change because of their sleep issues, so Mm -hmm. they could end up making poor decisions on what they say to certain people and how they say it, which Mm -hmm. could cause conflict. So, again, I guess the bottom line is I agree with you that I agree with you that for me, it's not a good idea for me to declare that the days are right off because of my bad sleep one night, but I'm aware. That my lack of sleep can affect my productivity and my mood, whether I believe that or not. I, I think it's scientifically proven. Um, I'm going back to my first year psychology learning and sleep can affect your performance and your mood. So I don't know how you do it. Like, I don't know how you can go to bed at one in the morning and wake up at the same time and it not catch up to you. Maybe you're an enigma. You're a different type of being. I don't know. But what's the
1: catch up though. So that's what I think that's, but it's been
0: proven. Psychologists have proven. Generally speaking, you may be the exception. If you you don't, if you don't, some people can survive on five hours of sleep a night. Right. I know I am not one of those people. And there are many people like me. They need a solid, seven to nine and if they don't get that then they need to catch up on their sleep this has been proven for certain people so for Mm -hmm. me if i if i three nights in a row stay up till one and wake up at five you better believe that fourth night i better be going to bed and getting eight hours of sleep or i'm i'm physically in trouble i'm mentally in trouble i know that about me so there are some nights where i'll stay up a little later then the next night or the night after, I'm in bed at like 8 45 p.m. to get up at 5 30 because my body's like, you're done. You can't, you need to sleep. Now, some people aren't like that. And we both know, I would say, with the, with like social media, you learn about people who, who go, you know, who get five hours every night, they say. This is just the way they operate, they can do it unfortunately i don't believe i've been built that way and maybe 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 i could have experimented when i was younger but now in my 40s it's like there's no experimentation if i stay up really late one night and i have to wake up early the next day generally speaking i'm going to i'm going to feel that i'm going to be like oh man i'm tired like i could use a nap and i can't have a nap today because there's a full day ahead of me I don't know how you do it. I I don't, I don't know. That's, I guess that's how you're built. That's what you do, but I, I'm 100%, 100%. I am not going to tell myself this is going to be a shitty day because of my tossing and turning all night or going to bed really late and waking up really early, I'm not going to do that. But that's something I've learned, you know, I've learned not to do that because I have had days ruined because I already ruined it from the, the get go. I was like, this is gonna be a shitty day. And then every time something wrong happened, which happens every day, things go wrong, right? Mm-hmm. I blame it on my sleep. And I'm like, I knew it. I've done that. i move, I've moved away from that because I don't want to live like that. But <clears throat> I tell you, I can't deny when I've not rested well. I need I need to go and sleep.
1: Um I I, for me, I would never attribute a day's performance to something like sleep or something like food. I would never, I would never. And part of it is, um, yeah, you're right. Maybe the way I'm built, maybe the way I just kind of like uh yeah the way i sort of lens myself the problem is that okay so that's for me that's just how i so if i get a bad bad night's sleep if i don't have an effective maybe it's the it's the way that we use the words maybe we shouldn't use the words bad and good maybe we need to start using it like a useful night's sleep or uh or a useless a, night's sleep yeah an effective night sleep maybe it's because one of the things i find fascinating is that sometimes the conversation about sleep is that it seems abstract and unpracticed the language around it is somehow like there isn't an actual discipline here to getting a good night's sleep and that there's a roll of the dice and because it's a roll of the dice a couple things because it's a roll of the dice where we don't have the understanding about necessarily what could make the night better like the sleep better And because it feels like it's a little bit out of our control, it's easier to complain about it like it's not something we're doing to ourselves and taking ownership of that bad night's sleep, that you could actually change it. Um, You know, in the on-ramp I was talking about last night when I came home, I've, uh, one of the, (laughs) one of my patterns is that, like, if I've been, okay, so last night coming home from the Jays game, we were we were rolling in. T- we were at home like midnight. It was it was midnight. I did not preface my going upstairs to bed with anything. I g- came in and okay. So I guess I have to. I'll set contacts. My kids are can put themselves to bed. They know where their bed is. They can brush their own teeth. I know and I know all these similar things for my spouse as well. My spouse can take care of their own bedtime routine. So it's just to say that because I get it that there's. People at different stages of their life, they have to play. So you come home late, like part of your, uh, there was a funny moment. Um, there was a funny moment at the actual game where Jake was saying that he was tired. Like it was, I think we're like two innings in, it was very. And so I'm like, dude, like you, you I said, okay, cool. I said, but I said, if you need to sleep, sleep. And then he said, but if I fall asleep, I'm sleeping all the way till tomorrow. And I just say the oh. plain fact, I'm like, no, you're not. You can sleep while we're sitting here. And then you got to carry yourself to the car and then you'll get to sleep again. And then you'll have to walk yourself in the house. And then you can sleep when you get in the house. And there was one of the other, so we were there with, um, colleagues. We were there with some, like, it was like a staff sort of event. The person behind me was saying, come on, dad, come on, dad. I think suggesting that if you, if, if Jake fell asleep, that I should carry him in the house. Like I should actually carry him up to his bed. And I think therein lies that interesting kind of way. I get the dad comment, believe me, it's not lost on me. I support my kids, I play with my kids, of course. You know, here's your tissue, you're crying. Let's talk it out. Here, here's a hug. I get that element. But I also think I think deeply, probably too deeply, about the fact maybe this is the this is part of a weird vague conversation about how we perceive fatigue, that it's on other people to take care of us when we're tired it's upon a system to sort of make way for us when we're tired and in doing so it's a little bit about that conversation about like then i don't have to then something somebody else is going to take care of the actual mechanics of this i don't have to so i think me talking to him last night saying go ahead sleep but you're the one that's going to have to wake up and walk home like you know that's just that's that's part of that process of accepting the autonomy and responsibility of self-care that it won't always, self-care doesn't always integrate well with context. You've mentioned before, episodes, episodes, episodes ago, about um, wanting to, you know, eat healthier. And this happens in my house too. Sometimes the side eye you get when you're making a decision not to have with what the family's having, which is, again, self-care, not sort of like aligning with um, social acceptance it's really kind of what it comes down to and you're like i'm making a decision for myself here and people are like "Mm, but what about us and you're like well it's not actually about this moment isn't about you it's actually just about me. it's what normally goes on inside my head like should i have a cheeseburger or should i have a salad like but it's externalized it the intent the uh, the impact might be the impact might be that you're surprised but if that's the moment then let it sink in for you to have you make a question about what you want Don't make it a question about what i want because i'm allowed to make that decision to have a salad or a burger side note i made that choice yesterday after school we had burgers they were delicious accidentally i normally get a dave's double they gave me a dave's triple too much meat it was too much meat i'll just say that as a it was delicious but it was too much meat so yeah so there's this if we go back to where we started the 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 starting point here just this idea of um This idea uh, about um, getting enough sleep. I've really come, I observe how people offload their responsibility to develop that as a art, as a skill, as a talent, whatever that is, to sort of hone that idea. Because I always listen to, I always listen for when somebody talks about sleep. One, are they believing that it's going to ruin their day? And I get it. I get it. I get what you said. That might not be the case. You just, you make the best of the day. You do amazing things, but you're acknowledging my reality right now is so I'm going to be tired. But what I do listen for is do they do that, that, that catastrophic thinking as in because, because of my state of being right now, which chids, we know whatever state of being you have right now as you're scratching your face and your head is temporary. Like the thing that you just did now to sort of check out your brow, that's a temporary moment. I get how you scratching your head or your brow that you just did and any of the listeners, whatever, like, like Chidge just scratched his face. It doesn't necessarily, you scratching your face right now or between your eyebrows right now doesn't mean that your forehead's going to be continually itchy or whatever it is that made you do that. It doesn't mean that the thought that passed through your head to sort of do that, to rub your forehead is going to consistently be there every time. And I get that it's stuff like this can be habit forming, but I would say to pay attention to the habit formation is what I'm talking about. Because if you're saying that you didn't get a good night's sleep and what we're actually talking about is that you've created a habit that actually does ensure that you're getting a bad night's sleep, that's where the work begins. So my habit of sleeping, I think on one hand I I do have a talent for it. I think I do have a talent for sleeping. I also recognize that I have a talent for sleeping in uncomfortable spaces. I knew this when I traveled out west And I was on buses all the time, like these Greyhound buses, and I was able to contortion myself like a Cirque du Soleil kind of performer, like on these bus seats, and I was out. I also knew that in order for me to have more travel when I was sort of seeing Canada, to get more travel meant for me, I needed to have more money. So one way for me to save money was to sort of sleep on Greyhound buses overnight and do long hauls. So I did weird things like going from Winnipeg to Calgary. That not not, just as an example, so that would be a good over. uh, I would take the overnight drive, where I knew I'd be on the bus for six hours, and I'd sleep, and wake up in a place and start my day. I just saved myself thirty bucks, because my Greyhound bus pass was already paid for. Mm -hmm. So there's that. I also think that I'm I'm when it comes to sleeping. I'm rigorous. I'm disciplined. I I'm not entirely. I don't entirely get to escape social context for example me telling my family you know no i can't do family movie tonight because it's like 8 30 and i know that movie is two and a half hours long i said i'm going to be checking out after an hour and there's like i'm like sorry i just that's my routine I, I like the routine of that and i go to bed and i've done that for years i really have done that for years so And on that, this was way too much. I'm looking at the timer, like talking about this for 15 minutes. When I listen to, I think part of this is sleep just happens to be in fatigue, happens to be fascinating right now because easy, low-hanging fruit, everybody's tired right now. So that's just a statement that's kind of floating out there in the EDU ether all the time. Everyone's tired. When I get to that next level of the conversation, though, is what's making people tired. I like to hear how people own the center of that like what do they have both hands on the wheel when they're talking about their own fatigue um and how do they how do they identify the factors that seem to be out of their control so that's just yeah that's the that's the sleep so back to you said like i i'm not caught up on sleep i i don't have a sense of that i don't have a sense that I even have enough energy to make it through the day cuz bro the last two days i i mean Thursday, not, Thursday night into Friday morning, I slept for five hours. And I did a full day yesterday. So yesterday was very much a full day. Back up at 5 a.m., did everything in my routines, went to a Jays game. <clears throat> Last night when I was going to sleep, what I did do is I I typically wake up without my alarm. But I adjusted it. The alarm goes no matter what. It still goes off at 5 a.m. It goes off at 5 a.m. Most times I wake up without it. Um, I adjusted my alarm to 6 30 a.m. My eyes opened up at so so I've created this space, an hour and a half difference for sleep between five and six thirty a.m. I actually woke up at 6 a.m. My eyes opened, so I got out of bed. I was into my part way into my first coffee and my alarm went off on my watch. I'm like, oh, okay. There's not a success there. I'm just pointing out like when I woke up, I said, that's what my body, my body's waking me up, it's time to go. And then I'll go about my day today. I'll go back to my 5am after today. I'll be back up at 5 tomorrow morning.
0: Well, I I certainly appreciate your perspective. Uh, And I I can't say that I live I I can't say I live the same way. Um, I guess that's just how we end this one, I guess. I know if, if I'm up, if I do five hours of sleep, whether it's Five. I would argue five hours of sleep. There's something forcing me to get up. I'm forced to get up, or I'm forced mm-hmm. to go to bed at a certain time. Uh, I'm screwed. I'm in trouble, and I know that. And it's not a, it's not a self fulfilling prophecy. It's years of living a life where you're like, oh shit, I'm gonna be tired all day. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna be mm-hmm. tired. I can't deny that. Um, and then, like you said, there are other days I, I get a solid nine and i'm bouncing i'm bouncing all day i'm full of i'm i don't sleep is not an issue for me other things might become an issue but sleep is not um i know it i know it there are like it's just weird just like how you're you operate i i know it again the bad day good day thing is is just i'm not present And this whole EDU tired thing, I get that. For me, that has nothing to do with my sleep. That has to just do with the stress of, like, when I was supply teaching. When I was supply teaching, I would go in to do my supply teaching. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I was was not feeling good about it. And that didn't have anything to do with my sleep. That just had to do with the stress for me of not knowing where I was going to be, what I was going to be doing and not knowing the group that i was going to have because every group every class is different right and some some classrooms need your immediate attention often throughout the day so it's not they don't leave you a lot of time to improvise the way you'd like and some are they just stare at you waiting for instructions and if you need five (laughs) minutes to read something or to find something on the internet they don't mind so like those moments for me were Those moments for me were like EDU tired, but like in my day to day work, the way I, the way I've been functioning this year, I've been getting mostly like my sleep has not been really an issue because I get to make my own schedule. I don't, I don't typically stay up too late. It's really cool when your circumstances change, how you can adapt your life, I guess. Um, Anyway. It's interesting. It's interesting how people are. Um, and, you know, <laughs> yesterday yesterday was a gong show for me at work. I had a great night's rest. And then the day starts and it was one curveball after another. But that's just the way it goes. Some days it's like that in the classroom. Some days it's not. Yesterday was a gong show, though. I was telling my wife I had to drop something off at her school. Can you believe this? In the, I, I parked the car, she comes out, she gets what she needs. She goes back in and it's like a timer started, tick, tick, somebody hit the stopwatch, tick, tick, and in a matter of 10 minutes, my whole day shifted. And all it took was 10 minutes and before, before those 10, and then I wonder, it was just weird before I stopped the car to acknowledge my wife. It's just weird man 10 minutes and like the whole day was shifted it and i was very aware it was really interesting it was like i was i was on the outside looking in or down at me watching watching how things were unfolding in a matter of minutes and then um when i was talking to my wife last night i said to her she said oh you know what ended up happening after you saw me i said well did you come out for yard duty and see the car still there? She's like, No, I wasn't paying attention. I was like, I was still there. I was basically, you ran back in to do your, to go outside for duty. And in those 15 minutes of recess, my whole, my whole schedule shifted. And she's like, What do you mean? Like, tell me, cause again, she's in the classroom all day. So she's like, What do you mean? And I'm like, I had all these plans for the day. <clears throat> but, this email this referral uh finding out that this student was away from school that this day when i was supposed to see this student shifted everything she's like was it good or bad i said well it was neither at the time at the time it was just what it was like it i was kind of like oh i wanted to see that student so i'm kind of sad bummed out i'm not going to get to see him today but i mean that's not a that doesn't make or break the day But then i was like i had a couple of heavy lifting things that i didn't expect to be doing but here we are doing them and then i said at the end of the day if i were to look back and evaluate the day it was fine it was just this major shift for me and uh i was riding the wave i was i it was interesting i was not I don't know if you ever get this, but there are some times when you have to shift and you push back on the shift because for some reason, you really don't want to be doing what all of a sudden is in front of you to do. (laughs) And I was not pushing back on the shift. I was like, Mm -hmm. oh, this is happening now. And I found myself in a really cool, fluent place because as I was shifting, I was communicating with a guidance counselor about a situation. And the guidance counselor position was, I don't care what happens, we need help. Like, and I'm responding saying, well, this isn't, this isn't a in thing, this is a social worker thing, so I'm going to refer it to my social worker. And, and the guidance counselor was like, well, then that means it's not going to get done today because your social worker's backed up and yada, yada. Like, we need action now. And, and I was like, it was funny because, again, no pushback. I was like, I understand your position. I understand what you want from me. But you know that this is tip. Like, I have, my my days are planned. There's there's a little bit of flex space, but there's not a flex space to take on a whole new case in a matter of minutes. Well, I guess there is if you want it to be. But if I were to operate that way, I would never get anything done. Because I would always be jumping from one thing to another. So, anyway i go through this with with the guidance counselor and then in my creative way i find a loophole to be able to do something that i typically i'm not supposed to do so again i'm on this wave and i was literally it was it was it was kind of freeing mentally freeing to just ride the wave but i could do that because my day shifted i had cancellations and i had no shows that i were right in front of me hours before I was supposed to be where I was supposed to be. So it was kind of like a blessing, like, okay, your day just opened up in a weird kind of way. The next two hours are wide open. What are you going to do with them? So I rode the wave and I got creative. And I think I was able to get creative because of the fluency I have with my role. And it was pretty cool how things started to unfold. Um. It's funny because I wish I could talk more about it, but I can't, because um, I don't. I don't want to reveal names and places and times. But it was uh, it was cool to see to look again to look down on me and see like the growth and development that's happened over this year in this role, and my connections and relationships with people, because I was able to lean back on people and say, hey. I don't appreciate what you're doing to me right now. Well so what why what is on your plate that you feel you need to talk to me in a way that is kind is coming off as kind of disrespectful? And again, I wasn't bothered. I was on the wave and I was but I was saying, Hey, why are you talking to me like this? This isn't normally how you talk to me. And then you get the oh, you know. You, you get, you start to hear the reasons why someone's a little agitated or whatever. And it's like, okay, that's cool. That's cool. But don't forget, like we've been working together all year. Uh, you kind of know how things go and I'm willing to, I just have all this flexibility in front of me at the moment. So this is what I'm not supposed to do, but this is how I think I can work around that so that I'm, I'm honoring process and policy, but still trying to serve, uh, I guess your needs and possibly the student's needs because we don't even know mm-hmm. what the student wants yet. Long story short, I end up at I end up at a kid's house, and um, I'm I'm in front of a kid's house, and I'm on the phone with the kid's mom. And so, I explain who I am and what I'm doing, and I'm like, "Can I speak to the kid?" And uh, the mom's like, "Yeah, I'll get the kid." And then I hear. The mom is arguing with the kid, but I'm on the phone about talking to me. The kid's like, I'm not talking to no teacher or whatever. And mm-hmm. and then I, I'm i like, are you still there? And she's like, yeah, I'm here. I'm like, I'm outside your house. So do you want me to ring the doorbell? Are you okay with that? Like, do you want to just tell the kid I'm I'm right outside? All he's got to do, put on your shorts and a sweater, come outside and talk to me. Mm-hmm. And the kid does. So the kid comes out. And I'm like, hey, this is who I am. I show him my name tag. I'm Like, your guidance counselor just called me. He says he's concerned about you. What's up? And uh, I'm waiting for a song and dance. And the kid says to me, I'm just being lazy. I'm just being lazy. It's the end of the school year. I just don't want to go. I'm like, dude, you're in grade 12. Like, you're ready to punch your ticket. So what's going on here? And then I, I dive into, what are you doing after high school ends? And there's a void in the universe so the kid doesn't want to leave high school he wants to sabotage himself (laughs) so he gets to stay
1: that's a thing it's a thing thing. it's a powerful thing and um i love how your work because any little thing creates ripples and your job is all these ripples um I want to come, I want to come back to the ripples, but I just being able to notice that um, is amazing. And the only thing I'll say on that, it's entirely goes into that basket of experiences that we have as teachers, where I mentioned this before the, you know, being at a staff meeting, and the amount of time that we spent talking about literacy. And Barry Bennett, is that even a name, Barry Bennett, the name back in the day, like these new ways of sort of, teaching and I'm sitting at these tables listening to departments following the pro forma kind of talk from the board which is fine that's what staff meetings are about and I'm thinking to myself this is not my experience in EDU and if I am if I am the observer if I'm if my experiences also represent witnessing EDU then that means the stories that come out of what I witness are also a part of EDU we don't get to say Let's talk about that later. So children right now that are saying, openly saying that I'm being lazy and telling us that it's easy to dismiss it and say, well, you should do better, right? You, You need to get over that. You're looking at exactly what it means and the challenge of actually getting over that. And something's revealed in that conversation. This is what's so beautiful and bittersweet about it. The child doesn't want to transition away from high school. It's so super simple, yet the exact thing, you're witnessing a story that doesn't have a broader context of conversation. So as you witness this, I love that you're bearing witness to these stories because it, this is education. And there's other people out there that are like, yeah, yeah, if I get it, I get it, I get it. That's mine too. But I also love that you're so close to it. You're so close to it because if you're that close to it, that means you can interact with it. It's no longer abstract. It's there's not some kid, there's not some kid out there that's not being successful as we're looking at data coming back from the board. You are meeting with the kid. Yeah, I know that kid's name. See those two percentage points on that chart right there? I met them. I met them. And someone goes like, What? Like, yeah, yeah, I spent time with them. Let me tell you, let me tell you what was going on in that context. So beautiful. It's a gift. But often as we find in education and in life, the gifts that we get, it's a gift because you get to learn from it. That's one of the things, right? Not just like somehow you feel good about being given a gift. Some of the cooler gifts I don't necessarily feel good about. It takes me a little while to figure out like, why does this bruise me? Like, what is the thing about this that's actually getting in my head and I can't stop thinking about it?
0: And I, you know, like I said, I was already kind of like open to what was just coming my way for the next little while before I had to be somewhere at a particular time. And it it was quickly, it was quickly decoded that he's just sabotaging himself. So I said, well, it doesn't have to be this way. And he's like, what do you mean? I'm like, "You, you don't have to do it like this. Like, so again. I'm supposed to be a team player. So I say to the kid, okay, look, we're having a great conversation here. You seem like a really cool kid. Uh, I appreciate you coming out to talk to me. Your guidance counselor is concerned. And he names off the guidance counselor. I'm like, okay, so you actually know your guidance counselor? He's like, yeah, yeah, I know him. Talk to him all year. It turns out this kid is also connected to Bosco with uh, the co-op teacher, who's a really cool dude. I'm like, okay, so you got like, I'm like, what am I even doing here? You, you're connected with this guy. You're connected with this guy. They're both good guys. You seem, and what I mean, I don't mean like they're both good humans, and you know mm-hmm. that. He's like, I get that. I'm like, so they're worried about you. So I get the call. So that now I'm involved. And this is good because now you have one more person in your corner. So we start talking about school, and what courses he's taking. I'm like, okay, can we call your guidance counselor right now? He's like, really? I'm like, let's do this. You need a plan because it sounds to me like you're scared to go back because you don't want to finish. So you're doing what you can to fail and that's not cool because that's going to get you into more trouble building these negative habits or whatever there's a positive way you can do this you can work out a plan so that you know what you're going to school for and you can come back next year we can set you up i don't know you need to talk to your guidance counselor but we can set up a plan he's like okay call the guidance counselor and it ends with it ends with he's coming back on monday to meet with the guidance counselor they're going to leave him in one course and they're going to remove him from three of them which means he will not get all four credits this semester. He'll only get one and his co-op credits because he's doing co-op. He's got a job. And so we end the phone call. and say to him, are you good? He goes, yeah, man, I'm good. I'm really good. Thanks for coming to my house. And I'm like, are you Are you being saucy? And he's like, no, no. I'm like, this is good. Like, I'm I'm excited to go to school on Monday because I know that I don't have to do x y and z anymore i can just focus on x and we're gonna build a plan and then you're gonna love this best part ever when we were casting i got a a text message from the guidance counselor telling me a new um a new piece of the story that happened yesterday afternoon so after i worked with this kid then i drove to the high school met with the guidance counselor uh, and then i continued on with my regularly scheduled day and um, the guidance counselor is telling me that they were able to find, in that afternoon, They were he was able to talk to other people at Bosco, the alternative site, which is awesome. It's my people. Um, and they worked something out. There's a spot for a continuous intake for a certain program that this kid would really benefit from. The kid seems really interested in it. And so on Monday, when they meet, they're bringing in a Bosco person who can talk to this kid about this program. So it's like things are in place, positive things are in place. Will the student show up? Maybe not, because that's part of my experience too. You set everything up and then they sabotage that as well. And so then there's deeper things going on. But at the moment, it ended nicely, ended. It end, it's ending this week in a way that there is light and hope for everybody involved. And we can argue whether there needs to be light and hope for certain people, but for everybody involved, this case is moving in the right way at the moment. And it could have all not gone that way if I didn't have, if the world just didn't shift in those 10 minutes. That's all. And I did get enough sleep the night before. So yesterday I was (laughs) wide awake and ready for my day. Like I wasn't worried that I was going to be falling asleep as I drove from one site to the other. That wasn't an issue. wasn't an issue for me yesterday. And, and, oh dude, I got to drop this on you. So do it. So let me tell you, I'm in a space. So at this current time, the, uh, the ministry has not given my school board funding for this job that I'm doing right now. So in my mind, this position ends at the end of June. Like I'm not playing mind games. I, my mind is, is in my head, re-engagement for me ends at the end of June. And so I'm operating with that mindset and I'm surrounded. I'm by sorry
1: them. to hear that. I'm sorry to hear that
0: which possible that I moved
1: just, on <laughs> that or, there's no that there's no assurance it's layered that you wouldn't be a part of it but that's that's the that's the selfish part just because I think you're well placed so that's the I like that I, I like I like you in this role um everything that you bring to the role from a system point of view I'm bug too that there's no assurance that the rule in itself is a fully necessarily fully integrated like yet like sort of knowing what that could be in my mind this particular rule is elemental right now and actually for a while this whole idea of the, this re-engagement rule so the fact that there's any question at all um the question should not be do we need it that's a bad question the question is um what 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 are the resources? What does the data show for the resources that you need to build on this? What to, how much farther do we have to start thinking about schools as campuses? How much farther do we have to go to like co-build spaces that allow for social services to be in the same spot as schools? Like that's those are the questions that your experience should be feeding into, not the question of do we need this role in in our school system? It's unfortunate, it's dated it's a it's yeah and this is if this is where you're at, fantastic. if this is where your system is at, fantastic. but I am bugged by the fact that there's any that there's any instability whatsoever. see the, the thing about this is that the stability of your role does not suggest insabi- instability in the system. This does not reveal egg on the face of the system somehow that your role exists. Your role is necessary because time has been spent not paying attention to the individuals that need the support. That's what I'm just thinking, right? Like this is mortar. This is mortar. This is the exact stuff that all the other big um, showpieces of education need to be thinking about mortar rolls like you, the stuff that stitches and holds stuff together. But often we're not thinking about the quality of ingredients that are in there because we believe that the bricks themselves are heavy enough to hold the wall up. We believe that just by stacking them neatly, it's going to work. We believe that we put a groove between one brick and another that that is, um, then that, that becomes like, um, evergreen, but it's not. The mortar is essential. It's as, as essential as the actual structural pieces of the bricks. So there, there's my morning metaphor for you, but that's, 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 that's that's what's grown in the back of my brain.
0: So when I was formally notified that at this time, this job, At this time, this job is not being renewed. And if it is renewed, I have to reapply. That's all good. So I need to move on. Like, I I would like to move on. I don't want to hang my hat on wondering, okay, is funding going to come? Is there going to be a posting? No. Uh, I made made the decision to move on. So I will be looking to see what's available out there in the system. Because now that I've been out and kind of loose, I like what I see. Um, So I'm open to... I'm open to any other opportunities that might look interesting to me. Um, I'm not going to hang my hat on, wait, wait, wait for this. And then it doesn't come and things pass me by. Like, I'm not interested in that. So um, I've done that to myself. I've told myself, okay, it's time to move on. um, Which is also good because, like, if you look at it from a memento mori perspective, I'm dying every day. And so I should be enjoying... I should be enjoying my life and living in the moment. I have been able to live in the moment of this job every day. And I'm, I, I certainly feel very blessed that that was my mindset because Mm -hmm. I have soaked up every day, the good days and the bad days, being fortunate enough to like park myself in front of a house, call a parent and then get out of my car and talk to a kid in his place on, in his, on his turf and then work something out to try to help him come back to school, whatever that looks like, however it looks, the fact that, you know, maybe he comes back, he continues his learning, he finds his path, he moves on with his life, like that, I'm, 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 I've I'm, taken all that in. Um, So that's where I'm at. We do have comments here that I would like to acknowledge. So Ramona, mm-hmm. Ramona said Barry Bennett, that goes uh, back a bit, dating ourselves, always look to Ramona to chirp. Uh, how she does it is is golden. She's one of our gold star members. So
1: mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: thanks, Ramona. Jamie Rodrigue jumping in, spending a little bit of his time with us. Thanks, Jamie. He says, to add to your thoughts, Roland, regarding a shift in your day, for me, sometimes a single conversation, which in the moment doesn't necessarily seem significant, can shift my day. I can feel my mood shift and then I find it difficult to shift back. Mm-hmm you know jamie's a vice principal so i can see i could see how that could happen to him i'm sure if we talked to your spouse cluff she would probably i would imagine she would say the same thing yep and then ramona jumps back in and she says she's sorry to hear that there's no funding for my job uh she thinks it's an important and necessary role and i wish we had it in our board i mean dude listen there are there are people above me talking about my job of course it could very well, the board could somehow find a way to make it continue. But you and I have talked about this, uh, on-ramps, off-ramps, text messages. We, You and I have talked. They will find a way to maintain it, but it will most likely look different. And I don't know how they shift. what, like, Because we're all learning, right? Because it was the first year, so we're all learning. So I don't know who in charge thinks that they need people in this role that maybe have different skill set than me or different qualifications i don't know but um they very well could and i think they would play with the whole thing and which could eliminate me from contention again i don't want to spend my time on that i mean i could talk to you about it and it's factual and these are my ideas but the first postings come out at the end of next week and I will be looking at the postings. I will be looking to see are there any uh, opportunities out there that I think I I could um I would be good at.
1: Can I do a a mini pivot?
0: Of course, yeah, pivot mini major. And it's
1: it yeah, so it's it's going to riff a little bit off of what um I like what uh, Rodri introduced in there about the the pivot point that a conversation can be. And sometimes you can't let it go. Um, <clears throat> so in our, in, in, in our staff, we, so at my school, we've, we've gone through some analysis of mattering and belonging with our, um, our whole school community. And we put out, we did a survey about mattering and belonging, and we've had conversations in staff meetings. The, um, the, the conversations led to a survey that we put out to the staff to check out. and one of the one of the interesting, I think it's I think I, I'm gonna I think I, I'll choose to say it was a it was a call in, not a call out just to bring our thinking a little bit more focused to what we're actually talking about. Um, and I think it got us asking better questions. So that's why I like this particular moment. So when we, when we started down the path of talking about mattering and belonging that I think from the board's perspective, it's you, you, you start with students, student centered analyses, which I get, and I can, I pause there for a moment, but then I kind of, I kind of flow out into just a little bit of the, a little bit of the, the, the sort of like that, that. You get out from the yoke and you're sort of just a little bit in the egg white and you start to realize, well, there's a structure that supports the yoke. There's got to be something that kind of supports that student centering of mattering and belonging. And um, in the staff meeting, it was mentioned, well, how, where, it, where, what's the basically the question was, well, what about the teachers? That's really dressing, dressing it down. So in order to get the students into this space and mattering and belonging can be um, CRP. I mean, it could be the equity work. It can be um anti-Black racism work, it can be uh, the work we do in support of uh, uh, First Nations, Métis, Inuit uh, initiatives. Like there's a lot of different ways to sort of understand the layering of mattering and belonging. We can go Maslow on it if we want. There's lots of different lenses that you can say, like, what is it that we feel we can be effectively working on in order to say that we are effectively increasing that sense of mattering within the system and belonging within the system. So the push, the push, the call in was a little bit, well, what about the teachers? So and I think this is this is directly related to the past two years and where everybody is at, and when we start this conversation about everyone is tired and that sort of root there's different stories that are connected with that. But I also think that it 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 also kind of taps into one of the little bit more dangerous spaces, and it kind of taps into teachers sort of feeling you know, discredited in general. So, and feeling down and feeling like we got nothing left in the tank. So as the equity team, we we put out the survey asking, there was four questions, five questions, I forget the total number. And we kind of pivoted from from the teacher's perspective, you know, like, what is it that you're, what is it that you're observing that's kind of working well? What's not working well? Um, are there any gaps in support? And it allowed for for individuals to kind of respond from a teacher center. Teacher Human Center, but to also observe what we think the students could use as well. So student, human, human students and human teachers. <clears throat> so we got the resource we got the information back in the survey. And um, as we're talking about it in the group, it was it was fascinating how quickly we had some, quickly we had suggestions about how to respond and solve. How to respond and solve. I don't have the technical framework to discuss these steps, but that was my sense, like, we were moving very quickly to a solution stage, as in, what do we need to put in place? I don't know if we... My take on it is like, what do we put in place to keep a comment like this from ever happening again? And I'm, I'm choosing that language very specifically. Like, we sort of look at that comment, like, ooh, sting. What's the thing that would... I think direct response is effective, I think it is. And if you can do simple, direct change to help someone have a better time in school to feel like they matter and they belong, those are those are good. I think sometimes we stop there though. And I felt like that's what it was. Like some of the conversation was like, we're just gonna go dot, 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 and we're being responsive, we're being effective. And then we, sh- I shifted the conversation a little bit. I said, well, what if we don't respond right away? And this is not groundbreaking, <clears throat> but I think it was kind of an important, Kind of pivot in the thing. I said, what if we divide up the list and each of us go back to the respondents and see if there's anything more that they would like to say? This kind of based on the fact that sometimes the Google surveys, it's old hat, two years where there are people, there's probably more. I don't know if we, I think we have, we have people that are neutral to sort of online learning. We have a few people that love it, love it, love it, love it, love it. But I think there's also a whole court that's like, really, I would rather have a conversation about it. Go ahead, document it, but I don't want to do another online learning tool, which would include Google surveys, right? Do a Google form. Oh, I sent you just a little Google form. I'm, I'm a, I am don't like that. I don't like it when we, when we underscore tasks that we do in EDU and put the word little on it. Or I just like to have a little conversation. It's just a little Google survey for you to complete because it's still onerous, right? You still feel like that's one more thing. Thanks. I don't care if it's little. It's still a, a pebble in my shoe. Thank you very much. So we're looking at this Reese, but I—I sorry, I digressed there for a second. That was that, but I'll, I'm back. I'm back. I'm back, kids. So we said let's, let's let's go back and have conversations, and everyone's like, hmm. And we really right away realized how one note sometimes that gathering information is in our feedback system. We talk about effective feedback to our students. But I don't know if we have the same tolerance and templates to do it with our staff in order to build a thing. Mostly because we wanna wanna be solution-based leaders, right? But some of this stuff does take time. So instead of us having something ready for the staff meeting, which comes up on Tuesday, the expectation was that just each of us was gonna go back and talk with the staff, share back with them the responses that they gave, and then sort of gather some more information about if the person is willing, willing to talk to us again what was kind of fueling this so give us a little bit of the roots are you willing to share this point of view what is it that you see what is it when when you read this back your response here what is it that you see because i think for me it right away instigates a certain perspective which is going to my perspective on what you just said is going to lead me to a solution that's good for me because i'm i'm creating the answer after the equal sign i said but what what is it that you see and um i will tell you dude This has been a really phenomenal process. Really phenomenal process. One, because I'm in my second year at the school in just getting to know colleagues, like getting to know individuals, which is really cool. Two, that moment of trust and community that's being built when someone is sharing their story with you. That is not lost on me. Three, the data that is behind sometimes the single sentence in a Google survey, just it reinforces the fact that it's not more conversation that we need. We just need more time within the conversations we have. So it's not so to remove the actual pebble in the shoe, sure, but maybe it's just a matter of spending a better time analyzing how that pebble freaking got in there in the first place. So you're in the exact same conversation, you're just not walking away from it so quickly. Um, and finally the, you know, the bravery, the bravery for all of us involved in this to kind of say, we're, we're not going to leave this conversation until, until we kind of get more stuff on that till we make it a little bit messier. So some of the stuff that I've gathered, I still have to kind of, one person, they said, do you want to record this? I'm like, really? They said, well, I know you're a podcaster. I've listened to some of your podcasts. I'm like, Hey, thumbs up. (laughs) So you can record it if you want. But they played to a fluency as well. They said, often when I'm trying to take notes about things that are important, which I liked because that prefaced their own conversation to say what I'm about to tell you, Clough, is going to be important. I like that statement. I, I, I was like, oh, nice plug there. I like that. A um, little bit of positive manipulation. So um another person said, yeah, maybe record it. You know, you could do a video. I was like, oh, I just took notes. And there was another person that was uh, another person that said, yeah, can we just talk? I, I don't want you taking notes specifically. You can do notes afterwards, but I would just appreciate it. I would feel better if you kind of did it afterwards. So whatever you remember, <laughs> I was like, okay, okay, I can do that too. So these conversations have just been fantastic. They really, now the conversation being fantastic, there's no solution there. It's just the, I I felt like it was a good conversation. And each individual, when I asked, felt it was a good conversation. So I feel like that's a that's a, that's a chapter. We can now say that that chapter was effective. The information that I have now I have to bring back to the team. So we'll see what that looks like now when we bring this richness back in how messy it makes it. And there's no assurance that this is going to end. We don't have any assurance yet that whatever we've done so far will actually result in improved mattering and belonging. But I feel that I've done I've taken the appropriate steps to kind of connect the humanness of the conversation to it and to kind of deburr the edge dull the edge a little bit about online learning you know for that google survey just to be another thing of data collection and i will tell you the individuals that we came back to there was a slight surprise that we were following up i don't know what that says the follow up there was a there was a there was a notable surprise oh you want to talk about this more yeah yeah we do so that kind of makes you feel like you're on the right track with something. I don't know what it is, but on the right track with something.
0: Not to take away anything from what you just talked about, but take I want to, I want to focus on that, that coming back to someone to discuss something. Mm-hmm. As soon as you said that, I was like, yeah, it, it feels rare. I mean, it's not so rare in my work because there's constant coming back to coming back to more so than I would like there to be. But Generally speaking, there's not a lot of, when people listen to you, I feel like sometimes it's very difficult to get people to listen to you mm-hmm. about certain topics. They don't want to, they just don't want to enter into conversation around them. And then to have someone come back and say, Hey, we, we want to connect with you again, or we'd like to, we'd like to follow up. I, I think it's, I'm feeling a little, um, what's sensitive around the whole equity, equity, diversity, inclusion conversations. Mm-hmm. I feel like those are heavy in my world right now. And people the follow up is the conversations are uncomfortable. So then it's like the people in the positions of power maybe don't want to follow up. One of the reasons I think it's because it's so difficult to deal with in the first place and there are no easy answers. That it's like the follow up is just more danger for them. Um it's interesting. I'm just connecting dots. That's mm-hmm. all. The follow-up.
1: I what like that. You, yeah. It's like the things that... I think there's some... I think a, a really... I recently came across... Um, I'm sharing. I'm resharing. Um, <laughs> so I really like the podcast On Being. I've always loved it. And... I like it because it feels in part, one of the things I think is because of this follow-up, like there's really neat connection through lines, through the conversations where you feel kind of mesmerized, but that there could actually be more that you could talk about like those existential kind of things, existential spiritual things. Like it's, it's just fascinating that how layered this is. And when you over time um, spend time with a practice, uh, the practice becomes embedded. But you're still you're still thrilled by what the practice reveals. Does that make sense? Like the the fact that you get another story, you get addicted to the fact that you're you're really connecting and hearing better stories about a topic that you're interested in. Um, you know, it would be a little bit like let's say you and I talking about that, that. Our tools are pretty like we've figured out the way to sort of create this podcast, so it becomes a little bit invisible, and it, so that way both of us in conversation are like get lit up we get lit up we get lit up like it doesn't get in the way the tools don't get in the way of getting to the content and on being I feel does a really good job of that of like the tools that the 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 host use uses they're familiar and I can sort of rhyme off the flow of what they do in their podcast but those tools just are really efficient and respectful and um and effective in getting the story out of whoever they're talking to and one of the individuals they were it's an older cast uh, and there's a, a, a person named Padre Gotuma. Um, Padre Gotuma. And this person is, is a poet, uh, a liturgist, um uh, um theologian, I think. I could be using the right things. Uh anyways, uh they mentioned a term in one of their conversations and it was saying you can identify there's a, uh I forget what. I forget what background it's from, but it would, it's, if you say something is Mu, maybe it's Zen Buddhist, M U. And what that actually, the, the what the term means is that that is a question that needs to be unasked. Like that's a question you need to take back. I'm totally undercutting the, the broader cultural, spiritual connection to this, but I've been really fascinated about that as a mechanism in conversation because to identify a moment as Mu, Mu and say like, that needs to be taken back is somehow suggesting that in order for us to effectively move forward, you have to pull that question out. You, like we can't, we can't get hemmed in by that conversation because it it's not helpful, but it's not an insult. It's just calling out the moment for what it is. And you and I have so many divergences in this, con- in, in our conversations in general, like these off ramps. But I would, I would, and those things can lead to really sort of novel and interesting conversations. But some of the things that have become through line are because I think we're asking the right questions to move that conversation forward. So I think as an example, any of the discussion that you and I have had either on here or personally about our friendship and how we're sort of managing and maintaining what works about it, that's the through line. We have a lot of really good questions that we've asked. I don't think you and I have asked anything that was a question that should have been unasked as in removed from the moment that, um, because we've been, we because we, I think we do the work. So I like the, at uh, this moment, a lot of the stuff that we've kind of talked about here, I think has to do with, um, and with the the follow-up mattering and belonging, um, your position in in the board. Sorry, the position in the board that you are fulfilling right now is really honing in on what questions do we need to stop asking here? And not only that, how does our understanding of what we're talking about change if we not only remove the question from that formula, but maybe we need to actually remove the results from that question? Because to ask the question also means that we have to look for the answer. And if that answer actually isn't moving us in the right direction for what we need right now, then maybe we also need to kind of scrape out some of the answers that are there too, or whatever's resulted from it. Funding lines, um, capital investment, leadership sort of mindsets, um, you know, how, how groups and communities are built. And that's, that's, that really opens up fascinating spaces of work but it kind of comes back to the follow-up. Can we do that in the follow-up? And can we actually unask some questions? And it's not that we're disrespecting the questions, though it may feel like it. And it's not we're disrespecting the importance of the questions, but dude, like, one of the observations I've had now, 15th, 16th year of teaching, we're asking the same questions and actually getting the same answers. And then actioning things based on that. So I can remember as a second year teacher, looking over during a staff meeting, and seeing another teacher, you know, something is mentioned by, whoever uh, whoever's leading the learning. And I look over at somebody in the room and they're like, and, you know, and I'm like, Oh, I guess this has been said before. <laughs> right. And then someone at the table, they they'll they say to me, Oh, don't pay attention to them. They're just salty. And then they lean in and they go, but. We talked about this last year, right? And you start to realize, like, oh my gosh, like, where, where are we? Are we? What does progress mean on some of these issues, right? How are we holding ourselves accountable to whether? I mean, take any topic. Talk about the OSSLT. Talk about equity. Talk about uh, First Nation Métis uh, Inuit supports. Like, take any of those, and are we still having the same conversation? If we are, if we are, I get it. And there are some topics that still were like. I would maybe, maybe I would challenge and say if we are still talking about it and we are still talking about it's important because it is still important, are we still using the same questions to talk about the importance of it? And if we are, do we need to unask those questions and pull out some of the pieces so we can see the rawness of what we're actually talking about? I have no idea how this mattering and belonging survey fits in with what we'll do next. Part of the reason I don't know is because it is so different than what we thought or didn't think (laughs) when we were generating ideas that inevitably it's going to create new thinking so i think what has happened in the feedback is we've we've discovered a new galaxy and the rules don't apply right the rules don't apply so boldly go let's explore
0: what do you have there chris um they're birds they're birds you're talking about bird watching on twitter and i didn't understand what you were talking about but we're bird watching i like
1: it it was the, it was partially tapped into the on-ramp oh i couldn't let go of it as soon as you mentioned that yeah it was dad talk there was the dad talk yeah i couldn't there's, let go of it there's right something- away there's something yeah, right about, away. I scribbled that as soon as you drew it, oh, okay. I, I scribbled that down on a piece of paper. I'm like, yeah, there's something there I can, I can use that.
0: Um, I'm thinking about whether I want to bring it up or not. While I do that, we did have a comment from, whoops, sorry. Sorry, Ramona.
1: You're up next. <laughs> not, not, not that one.
0: Wrong one. Dominique says that their board just um, assigned vice principals in a few schools to take on the re-engagement role with grade eight students.
1: Hmm. You and I talked about that—that that, you know, without the funding, it could just be a layer that they add to someone's someone else's portfolio.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And and I'll just all I'll say on that: you got to start somewhere. You got you got to start somewhere.
0: I feel bad for the vice principals though, because Look, scope, well.
1: scope—the scope of that, yeah—the scope of that. I get it, one of the cool questions that I would ask. The here's the question that shouldn't be unasked, but it's a good question to ask. Okay. Uh, admin is going to take care of that in what ways should this new initiative be different than what they're already doing I right, think that because- would be that would be fundamental because the the worst thing that could be the, like program killer program killer is we're already doing this we already do this whenever an initiative comes into the school from the board and someone kind of does the like I said that person in my staff meeting You know, they're sort of looking around to gain, like, how are we still doing this? The killer for that is when we don't notice that elements of it is already being done. And it's actually in the refinement or in the offloading that we suggest it can be done better. So if there is a purpose to asking admin to take care of this portfolio, I think you one of the questions that needs to be asked is, how will this new work? look different than the work that they're already doing. And if there's no specific goal supports structure for it, then the risk is it will not be done according to the success criteria that they're looking for. Right? And I, this frustrates people, this frustrates people. But you and I talked about that, how it could be rolled into somebody else's rule. 100%. You got this, You got. you got this, awesome. Those kids are waiting for you.
0: Go get them. For me, having done it now, and I don't know how they're doing it in Dominique's board. I don't mm-hmm. know what instructions, if any, the vice principals who are doing this work have been given. But I tell you that from my perspective, from my experience, administration already had a seat at the table in terms of like the work that I do. So what makes my role different is I will I will spend more time on the telephone with the kid and the parent which administrators can already do um, i will go to the house and do like a face-to-face visit administrators can they do that already like it's it's not uncommon to hear that a principal went to some kid's house to drop something off or pick something up or even take the kid home or whatever that's not unheard of in my world um, vps and principals are already dealing with social workers they already have, they already have that um, that open avenue to go there whenever they want. When I think of classroom teachers, when I go back to my classroom teacher, when I put that hat on, I didn't have access to the direct access to the social worker. I wasn't going to drive to a kid's house, one of my students, to check in on them and why they're not coming to school because I've got a hundred other things to do. Now, arguably, there may be some teachers who would do that. But generally speaking, in my experience as re-engagement this year, many teachers were relieved to hear that 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 could be part of my role. Because they're like, we've got all these other kids in the class. We're teaching these kids every day. Johnny's missing. Can you find out what's going on? I was the guy that would go find out what was going on so that everybody else could keep doing their regular jobs. So it'd be interesting for me to hear I would love to know more about how these VPs, what what this re-engagement looks like from their position. And it could very well look quite different than what I do. But I know that what I'm doing is a full-time job. And, you know, there's people joke and make fun and be like, yeah, your job is a joke or whatever. That's fine. They can have that perspective. It was no joke to me yesterday when I was parked outside that kid's house and he let me in. There was no joke there. I had a moment with a kid who needed to have that moment. And he certainly didn't seem like he was going to do it with his guidance counselor because he was not returning phone calls. He was not returning emails. So it's funny when the guidance counselor was talking to him on the phone, he's like, dude, I'm glad you're good. Why haven't you been responding to my phone messages and emails? So the guidance counselor was doing everything I would normally do except driving over to the kid's house and demanding to see the kid
1: hmm. right i so love that <laughs> the guidance oh, counselor said
0: to me the guidance counselor said to me after when i got the text he said thank you and your social worker for yesterday because this guidance counselor made two referrals yesterday to our team and for some reason the universe decided that things were going to work in a positive direction yesterday so both of the kids that were referred I took one on right away. My social worker took the other one on because it was more for her than for me at this time. We got, he got, the guidance counselor got results yesterday that sometimes those results don't come for weeks or months. Results were there and he's appreciative of the fact that my team was able to help him out yesterday in a way that he felt he needed which is rare. I mean, I laughed when I got the text. I'm really happy that, that the guidance counselor's happy, but we, I'm still got cases from that guidance counselor that were given to me in November and we're still wheeling and dealing, you know? So, um, it was just a good day yesterday for re-engagement, but that guidance counselor has all these kids on his caseload and he's not going to get in his car and drive to every single kid's house to find out why the kid's not responding to him, what's going on, how can he help? this guidance counselor is great they're all great when the kid finally speaks and says what they want or need or what their issue is things happen i see people do things i see guidance counselors talk to vice principals who make things happen because they understand thank you you've shared with me that there's a bigger issue here let's see what we can do to make your life easier so that you can do well in school there's not been there may be like a handful of people who push back and don't help but generally speaking 95 percent of my work once we actually know what's going on people start lining up to help to make change to play with the system so that this kid can get what they need to find success in education so anyway long story short i'd love to hear what that job's about and Ramona's been watching the birds while listening to us this morning. Click,
1: Thanks, click. I, I love the um I used to love the moments where so I again staff meeting, I'm alt in alt ed and we're just figuring out Sal. So those you know, that alternative learning kids can have jobs and get credits paid co-op, basically. Or they could be in alternative act activities. They could be in counseling. They could be doing a volunteer position. There were different things that we added in to say this is this is kind of part of getting these kids connected with education. We just have to accept that we're we're connecting with these other social resources. That school can't just be in school. And um, you know, they weren't talking about they so they were talking about this program, but they they weren't. They're were actually talking about giving zeros. <clears throat> and what does student? What does growing success say about giving zeros? Drop that in any staff meeting, and you get people invested, and the conversation is awesome. I love it. I love it. Everyone's different. The local rules, the local rules, we have UNO tournaments in my classroom every Friday, like that last period, and we're tracking. We're doing data tracking. We're doing some charts, and we're doing some mathematics with it. Kids don't know it. We're doing math with it, but we're playing UNO. And the thing that I love about it, Uno, is that Uno has a ton of local rules. You put a group down, who and they say, "Oh, we love Uno." Um, if they played at home with their family, you get to see what the what the <laughs> what the possibilities are with a with a fairly simple card game, complex at simple. And I said, "Nope, we're gonna follow the rules on the paper. We're gonna actually all harmonize around this one set of rules. No extras, no nothing. And every w- rule." that becomes local to us, we discuss it. We're gonna be democratic about it, we'll be collaborative and we'll figure out whether or not everybody wants that rule. I love the local rules that happen with the growing success conversation because you get to see everyone's little silo on how they believe is the best way to interpret zeros, uh, whatever late fees they wanna charge for assignments and what the sort of like um, uh, recent most consistent mindset that they have with assessment, I love it sitting in those conversations when I was in Alt-Ed, inevitably, actually you still hear it to this day, someone might say, what am I supposed to do? Am I, am I supposed to go to the kid's house and get that assignment? I love the alternate universe that they're talking about. I, I hate that it's alternate, but I love that they're sort of calling out a universe like somehow it doesn't exist because I'm sitting at the table and I'm like, no, I could do that. that. That's actually what I do. And they're like, really i'm like yeah yeah i actually just met a kid today at tim hortons and we got some work done right so i love how this this particular like when we sort of think to ourselves like our point of view is the only view of the universe and then you realize there's an alien sitting at your table They're like no i've been out beyond the uh, yeah that milky way yeah i actually came from just down the street from that so i'm actually there is something out there there is something out there. I'm, I'm, I'm from there. I exist. It exists. And now we're all at this table. And i love those moments of being the alien in the room because part of it is I felt, and you know, when we, back when we first met, I was, I was far, I think I was more in this edge of saying the, d- did you know that this space actually exists within this? I think when we met, I was doing the uh, suspension and, and expulsion program supporting the students there. Um, Many people didn't know where that was located and I would almost argue that the board intentionally, remember the fact that your this program that you're in exists is not shameful to a board. These are the, 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 the relative and necessary tools that your board needs in order to say, we're doing EDU. It's seeing yourself, right? Looking in the mirror and saying, this is what our board is. This is what our board needs. This is where we would like to go with our board. So we need to make sure we're adding in these other layers. That's why that exists. It was the same thing back in the day like me being when I got into access I had sort of like a clue like this place existed. I wasn't quite sure where like I was like okay it's over at that school where's in the school like I couldn't, I couldn't put the, the flag in it in my board. And I think that's problematic. I think it's problematic when we started to say that there's these programs that support kids that are all only fringe, because then it's easy to also not locate them in your mind. And if you can't locate them in your mind, then you can't locate them amongst the system of tools to actually help a kid. It's easy to other it and just kind of put it out there. Well, this place is only activated when? What if it's always active? Just like when I'm sitting at the table and someone says, what am I supposed to do? Go to that place at person's house? Like somehow that's a radical, weirdo, flat earther edu kind of mentality no it's like like this place does exist and people are doing that work the best case scenario in that moment because embarrassment sometimes happens is for them to go really mm-hmm. really and then for them to go really and you know it just kind of sets in that there are people that actually go to a kid's house stand out front phone the house and say hey can i talk to the kid ah don't know if i want to talk to the kid well i'm on the front porch so if they just even like how about this maybe they just look out the window they see my face they now know there's a human that wants to talk to them if they wave i'm gonna write that down gotta wave they know that i exist i'll check back in in a couple of days let's see if we can move this just one step further <sighs> you lit me up chids you lit me up that's good can i mention one last thing the funny thing about algorithms i just wrote down
0: one last thing and then we really should go.
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. We've actually been, we got um, retweeted. So you see, I put the bird watching. I did our, see that, yeah. So we've been re, retweeted by bird watching in Asia. <laughs> nice. So anyone anyone following that pod, that, uh, that hashtag is going to be delighted. Delighted to find out about the universe on the other side of our bird watching. Because it's probably unexpected. And speaking of
0: birds and things that fly around, Ramona says she's been the alien a time or two. And she loves how you verbalize it. Dude, I know you know I've been an alien all year, right? I'm still, people look at me sideways like, I'm loving every minute of it though. Yeah, I love that transition from human to alien. It's been wonderful.
1: We said the starting point, because you and I talked about this when you're in the moment of like, I come in peace, whatever (laughs) it is, right? I come in peace. And we talked about that from the perspective of the WTF moment, right? Who the blank are you? Mm-hmm. Well, because you start to move into spaces with just the presence and calmness, presence and calmness. I'm I'm here to help. I would like to help. Here's the tools. <laughs> who who the blank are you? Like who are you to help? Who are you as in what help are you providing? And then there's this the general, who the blank are you is kind of like get out of my face. You're a headache. Get out of here. Right. Who's the so point? Ne- are you? Yeah, remember we talked about that in the beginning, and you—I think you were noticing that some people are like, you—you appear in an office, or you appear in a school, or you appear in a kid's life, or talking with a guidance counselor or an administrator, and there's that like, hmm. I come in peace. That's, I, come, I come.
0: Yeah. The, 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 the best thing has been, the best thing has been, the relationships that I've built over the years in this board. Mm-hmm. that some of the who the blank are you and the I come in peace have not really been necessary. Yeah. Because people are like, oh, it's Roland.
1: Yeah. They're I'm happy a- you are you. They're happy they're- that this alien is actually, you. You, you, you're, you you're the guy. You're the guy. Yes. You're the guy. And it's,
0: Hey, I know you from, or remember mm. when. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. So I'm not, yes, but there have been the people that I have met for the first time this year the who the blank are you it's hilarious it makes me laugh the other day i was talking to my colleague who does this job as well there's two of us and we're laughing because some of the teachers that the who the blank are you they put us in their google classroom as students so we can't (laughs) we don't have teacher access so there's certain things we can't do that we would like to be able to see and do and and my partner was like can you believe this i'm like yeah i can believe it And she's like what do you do but i'm like nothing nothing until the teacher says to me can you do this And i say i can't you made me a student in your classroom i can't do it i need to be a teacher then like oh and then here's the best i'll stop talking after this one the best was i was working with a student and we're we've been i've been working with this student online for the past couple of months and we are getting really close to getting him his ilc math credit which is really exciting to me Mm -hmm. and um we were in the Google Classroom. I said, hey, did you hand in 6.2? He's like, yeah, I did. I said, oh. He goes, well, are you looking? You'll look for it. You'll see. I said, I can't. I'm a student in the class. And he goes, oh, yeah, I noticed that, that you're in the class as a student. And I laughed. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, I laughed too. And then he goes, so you can't. And then he, I'm like, no, dude, I can't see any of that. I don't know. I can't I can't verify that you've handed in the work. I don't have that capacity. And he laughed. This grade 11 student's laughing at me, like, shaking his head, like, they let you do all this. You can teach me math every day, and you can, like, like you're doing all the heavy lifting, but they won't even let you be um, a teacher in the classroom. I'm like, yeah.
1: Isn't that it's just- remarkable, though? I, I love that, though, because it also shows, I get it. It's great to have the skeleton key. It's great to have that skeleton key, but it also shows time and place and necessary tools right? Mm-hmm. It would be great to have that. But look at the work you're doing. Look at the work that and the change that you're sort of a part of whether or not you're orchestrating it, initiating it, managing it or there for the end. That's kind of like just the really great signpost work that you're doing, just getting kids to sort of notice. And it is true. You know, everyone wants the master key or the skeleton key, but you, you don't always need it.
0: I don't need it. But what I'm saying is that I'm coming at it more from the teacher who's who, who the blank are you. I'm not yeah. giving you a skeleton key. It's like, yeah, i yeah. a colleague. I'm here to support this student. Anyway, this student gets the credit, and that will be success for me for yep. this student. And that's going to be yep. huge. Um, and I, I said to him the other day, I'm like, hey, we only have a good solid month left. He's like, what do you mean? I'm like, well, we're not going to wait until the beginning of June to shut this thing down. Like... I know that's how you operate. That's not how I operate. We're not going to wait until the 11th hour to finish this credit. We're going to get it done. And we're going to make sure that everybody at the school's end is like, whoa, it's done. Um, Yeah, that's what I want. I want the whoa factor. And the kid just laughing at me. He's like, right on. Let's do it, Mr. C. I'm like, okay, well, that depends on you. I'm here to meet with you. But your cancellations and yada yada yada, those things need to be put aside so we can get this done. But anyway, uh, he was laughing. He's like, they didn't even make you a teacher in the classroom. And look at all the heavy lifting you're doing. I'm like, it's all good. You just got to get the credit.
1: That's true. Good stuff.
0: Okay. Well, hey, thanks for a great chat.
1: Yeah, thanks, man. Um, Props to Dominique and uh, Ramona for checking in.
0: Yes. And Jamie. I don't think Jamie's ever commented before, so
1: thanks. Busy guy. Busy guy, yeah. It was nice to to see his his profile pic pop up.
0: Okay, dude. Well, have a great day, and I guess we'll talk to you later. Peace, man. This was Season 5, Episode 31.